This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the family with... Tevin Pittman. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Apparently I'm racist. And he Brandt Bernard. Well, I'll tell you why Kathy just said that. She's being considered racist because she wrote a new show, and it starts right after this break. It's called Why to Marry a Negro. That's the name of the show. We've had two instances that proves Catherine's racist. In the last, like, 30 seconds. Two in the last 30 seconds, exactly. Way to go, Catherine. All right, we'll be back kick things off with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. We've just settled all the problems in the world, ladies and gentlemen. There are none left. There's no negative news about anything. Yay. No, we were actually discussing off the air about these two stupid-ass fat asses down there in Georgia that killed a guy because wow. he's black. Uh, and I talked about this this morning <clears throat> on the morning show. If the news doesn't stop with this race thing that all white men hate all black men, if they don't stop, it's going to get worse. What do you think, Tevin? I mean, I think they're right. Like I saw a, a video on Instagram of somebody that's like a prominent 
whatever guy on Instagram, and he had somebody else in there talking about it. And mm-hmm. there were like two black guys discussing that they thought that yes, there was a race war going on. And yeah. it's like when you hear a statement like that, even if you articulate yeah. it very well, it's like it makes it sound like, oh yeah, now I got to go out here and kill all these white people or vice versa black people it's us versus each other and it's like no we're all in this together like we so stop trying to divide people do you agree with your uncle tommy that'd be me mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I assume. i'm not sure if that's that, racist that everybody calls me uncle tom sure. i just said i'm not sure how would that be racist uncle, uncle tom. tom is racist but that's only toward black people you could be an uncle tom as a white person yes I, I just suppose. felt bad for black guys named Tom if they yeah. were actually an uncle. I literally have n- I've known three in my life, and not one of them went by Tom. They no. all went by Thomas. Like, like my dad, <laughs> all three my of dad, them. he goes by Tommy. But I was like, yeah, like technically, Tommy, like, so yeah. yeah, it would be like, oh, that's like your uncle Tom. But it's like, yeah, you can't no. say that. You can't say no. it's your uncle Tom. And it's all based on Uncle Tom's Cabin, right? Yep. Yeah. The oh, book. yeah. It is. The book. But so that's the, the way But that this is. whole thing about those two guys that just gunned down this i don't know anything there's there's like if you look online there's like 15 different stories about how it happened what happened where it happened there's i saw some video where i think they were actually fighting like yeah like the most popular video is where he was jogging and then it's supposedly the second time that they had cut him off oh and then they get out with a shotgun and one guy's in the back of a truck and then he is looks like he's trying to run around the right side or like the passenger side of the truck and then the one guy gets out with his shotgun and then they fight over it and yeah then he ends up getting shot like three times or something it's like just that. absolutely yeah. appalling i mean yeah. it really is it's appalling and and okay so let's say the guy did rob their house you still don't shoot don't somebody shoot right and like from what it sounds like like they were in their house and saw him and were like hey he looks like somebody that might rob houses that's what get they our, said like, might get rob our, somebody? right like they called 911 and were like hey we think this is the suspect and then they got their guns and followed him in their truck and the, there was a report i don't know if it's accurate or not but i believe it was cnn was saying that the police reports that they said of like the string of break-ins was one break-in oh, okay. in like New Year's Day, and that was the only robbery. And it was like a gun from a truck in like a four and a half months yeah, ago. That was the only robbery that the police had on file, apparently. So, so that's all very suspect. It's God. terrible. And what is and and okay, so he shot them. Uh, he, they shot him a while ago. I think, yeah, it was like over. It was like 74 days ago. As yeah, of it was like in February. Earlier this yeah. Week, and the yeah. charges were dropped? Yeah, because they were obviously both former police officers. So I think they had two judges that recused themselves from the case because they knew oh, the person okay. might work. Well, these white guys were re- cops? Yeah, the one was a former oh, police officer. Oh, I didn't officer. know that. Yeah, and that's how, so yeah, there was Good two judges God, that recused Gertie. themselves. So I have a, I have a question for, for yeah, these white that's guys, that's a disaster. Right? Yep. Why do you live in Georgia? You know, you can find a black person in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. If you hate black people, why are you living there? Right. Hotlanta is like the hotbed of it's, of yeah, it's like, like the chocolates capital of the world. It's the like chocolate capital of the, of the world. world. Washington D.C. Cannot there understand you, why this the cho- stuff happens. I'm gonna go to the chocolate capital of the world. Yeah. Where well, are you going, sir? Chocolate capital well, of the world. He's, <laughs> if he's trained as a cop, you would think that he would know a little bit better than just go shoot right. some random guy. Did you see him though? No, I didn't. Right. And, and even if God. even if this kid like did rob every house on that block like it's not your responsibility to to grab guns and then go chase them down well this is what i've been afraid of is that this kind of stuff is going to happen more because people aren't getting 
thrown in jail for doing stuff. Yeah. So people are like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do That's something about this. And then they get, exactly they get, they get crazy about it. And then they do stupid, horrible stuff. Yeah. And then the video that was leaked that kind of brought it all into the public eye apparently the police have like are they've had that the whole time and so it's that's now is the big outrage is well that well, is outrageous guys, just because we found it is why i, I can understand uh, why people would be outraged yeah. it's very outrageous once again don't treat people better or worse everybody gets treated the same that's mm-hmm. not, not better not worse just shut the hell up you're not going to fix the race situation in your head everybody can live together we always have right yeah. I mean, I've lived with people my whole life. Never. I think it's, it's just we. I still to this day. So I'm going to pick you mm-hmm. to this day. I've never even been in an argument with a black person. So you're going to be it when I finally do argue with a black person. Dude, I'm ready. You have no <laughs> idea. I'll take you're, steal yourself. you're wrong. You're not ready. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I don't know. I just I never had these problems. Do you think my point was well taken this morning when I said as far as. And it's not a race thing. It's not a skin color thing. It's an urban thing. That these people who live out in the exurbs and they're, you know, nice neighbor. And God bless them. They live in wonderful neighborhoods. Good for you. But you are not like urbanites. You're not, whether they're white, black, whatever. They're not the same as you are. They're just not. Right. Why do they think that it's, they, they know? Because they have no idea, actually. No. And, and a lot of time in those situations where, like, if you live out in... St. Louis Park, for example, or yeah. whatever suburb. And it's like people that move out there, a lot of them are moving out to get away from living downtown or like an inner city type of life. So it's like when they're out there, they're not, you can tell when somebody's causing problems regardless of their skin yeah, color. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like you're, just to be always on edge like that, it comes from just not knowing their background, right. their situation, where if you put yourself in their shoes, you're not going to have these types of issues. Well, I think a lot I of agree. it too is a lot of it is that there, there's really no communities anymore. I mean, you talk about the black community. Well, that's just, that's not really what they're saying when they do the quote, the air quote thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, when I grew up, we had we had a community. If some kid was throwing rocks at people or breaking into people's garages, the, all the dads would go and have a talk with and, and yep. with the kid and the dad and say, why are you doing this? Knock it off. You know, I mean. Right. It, it that's the way people go, oh, I better yep. not do this anymore. Everybody knows it's me. Yep. You just can't, and you can't do that anymore. You go and talk to a kid about doing something wrong, then all of a sudden you're being sued. Or, you know, oh, it's not me, it's you. It just, everything turns into this great big huge thing. There just isn't any sense of taking care of each other anymore. We're all no, kind of afraid of being able to I have agree. conversations. You got to take care of one another. That's the whole key to being a human. Take care of one another. And we don't do that anymore. It's like those three kids that kicked that Asian woman over in St. Paul. Where are their parents? What is happening that you're out there kicking old ladies at a bus stop in the face? Yeah. It was like an old Asian woman? Yes. I don't never even heard of this. Oh, yeah. It's all over the the international news because they posted it online. Oh, is it really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Why do we have to do things like that? And they're just because laughing. They they're they're laughing and acting like this is just a fun activity. It's like I can't even imagine. Like I said, if if when I was growing up, if somebody would have done that to somebody, somebody else would have gotten drop kicked real fast yeah, by somebody wrong. in the neighborhood. <clears throat> we just wouldn't have put up with it. It was a good time back in the old days when your neighbor could just punch you. It was phenomenal. <laughs> well, it seriously right. used to be like, 
Oh. So, some dad would bring some teenage boy back to their house. They'd be crying away, and the dad wouldn't say, "Oh, my son." He'd say, "What did he do now?" That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly what did he do now? My mom, would, yeah, she'd hear you out for sure before you. Like, if you came, like, yeah, we had to discipline Tevin. Oh, he definitely did something. Whatever you did, but you never so. got the benefit of the doubt. No. Ever, poor Devlar. Yeah, it was definitely your fault. No. You're a stupid kid. You did something. <laughs> yep. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is absolutely. true. I mean, Andy had some false accusations in school. Yeah, he did. But, but you know, we talked and talked and talked, and I don't believe you ever did it. Maybe yeah. someday when I'm on my deathbed, you'll confess, but I don't think you did it. I actually did rob that teacher, mom. <laughs> I never told you the truth. I robbed something them. Something like a bomb stuff. threat or something, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bomb threat, yeah. Or some nasty note to a teacher telling him that they were, I don't remember. It was You're so an idiot. Yeah. And they had a hand, they said, we had a handwriting analysis oh, on geez. his, I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it's interesting really? how the handwriting analysis matched both mine and my sister's and handwriting. Uh, they don't look the same at all. Even, yeah, they're not even remotely similar. We'll take a break. Be right back. How do you pronounce Walter's? Is it Koenig or Koenig? That's a great question. We can find out that it'd be well, great. I've it's known, art, so he'll tell us. I, I had a friend in high school, and she said Koenig. Yeah, one is Koenig, but I, had, I have also known Koenigs that spell the same way. So we'll find out for sure. Chekhov from Star Trek right after this with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XChat Gap, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The X-Check app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. We just thought we'd play this mournfully sad music. But we don't know why. What is that? Starman. Yeah. Oh, it is Starman. Get okay. it? How appropriate. <laughs> I didn't so, do it on purpose. It was just... Oh, I thought you did it on nope. purpose. Whenever Walter's ready to go, let me know. 
can do. All right, we'll take care of it. What were we just talking about? Uh, it was pretty interesting. Like in the break? Or before? Before. Dad's mm. taking care of... Oh, yeah. Other kids. Villages, yeah. Misbehaving. Andy getting... Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and, yeah. Andy having a hand... <laughs> Handwriting analysis. <laughs> you, can, I guess I didn't really know this. I kind of suspected a little bit, not as bad as it was, but apparently being my son was not an easy thing for any human to be. No. Yeah. Nothing's easy. <laughs> especially when it's your <laughs> job. Nothing's yeah. easy like, with you, dear. Yeah, you especially when it's your... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Especially what? No, I was just say, especially when you're it, obviously just in the public eye, and then you're reporting news, and you're making people feel one way or another about yeah. things. It's not you're not really just walking down the middle on. You're not a safe. Yeah, you're not a safe opinions. I feel. Well, I mean, you shouldn't be picking on my kid over it. Well, yeah. and you know, it's a radio show. Yeah. If if all he did was agree with everybody, yeah, it it's wouldn't not be much of it. Yeah. It's not entertaining. Yeah. People don't understand that the show it's never would have gotten as big as it was if you had just been like a you know, agreeable, right. affable person. Right. Yeah. You're you're here at the end of the day. It's entertaining or entertainment. So it's not how you are act in your real right. world. You're now, you know, building right. it up and yeah. exaggerating. I don't know. Did anybody pick on you because you were black? And in no, yeah. A, no, really? They did all, all the time. time. Yeah. Did they really? No, all the time. They did not. Yeah. Like growing up in like Osceola, Wisconsin, I got picked on for being black all the time. In Honkyville? I, when I was in fifth grade, fourth grade, I remember I went online and Googled like black jokes so that way I could <laughs> learn them all. So I could learn them all before they would, so like would before kids would tell me the punchline. Like I would already know what they were going to say. So I'd be like, like oh, you got to try better than that to get. A response out of me. I also then Googled white jokes. Not a lot of those sites on the internet. Not a lot of white no, jokes? No. Those are just called jokes. None of these are good enough for me to say to people. So so there are no white jokes that were any good? Oh, there's gotta I mean, not, be. I mean, I'm sure now like, I could find better ones. But so you just lean on the kid, Jew jokes because they're, you know. Yeah, it was like, nah, then it was, I just have to be more personal and funny and better at sports so you guys leave me alone oh so you're a lot yeah. better than everybody else at sports i mean i was yeah back then i like to think i could still hold my own but uh, you hear this i just uh i have a hard time believing that um i mean you're not that old that there was gonna it, there's like a there was a yeah and it wasn't it wasn't like a hatred type of thing it was a i think this is funny so we're gonna just tell you like, hey, haven't you heard about this joke about watermelon and grape soda? Ha, ha, ha. And then it's uh, like, just like childish stuff like that. It wasn't like a well, personal thing. I don't think it was. Did he disconnect? Yep. I'll try it again. Most. Uh, we can try it. Why don't we do two more minutes? Most teenage boys are just jerks. You do know that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I sh- <laughs> I'm sure like I was just as big as an a-hole probably to them oh, God. as well. But Teenage boys. Yeah, uh, oy, oy, oy. Whatever. It builds character. Not nice to it. <laughs> it builds character, yeah. But why, can't character. They, why can't teenage boys just be nice to each other? Why do they have to pound a, each other? It's and a chemistry thing. Yeah. Do like, those horrible jokes, uh, put a dead fish in a locker. Why do they have to do all that? I never did any of that because at North High School, you would have been shot. <laughs> like that. You put something in my locker, I'll blow your brains out. How about that? It's just not yeah. funny. I remember oh, I remember a teenage boy in high school who told everybody he had cancer and he was going to die. 
He did. Yeah, what? and he like he like he like kept oh, that that's up. Funny. He, he kept that up for like a half a year until he finally told everybody, and every, people were crying oh, and geez. wanting to do fundraisers for him, and wow. all the parents were calling up his mom, and, and I mean, yeah, I was I'm surprised Andy, it lasted a month. Terrible. Why don't we do the break here and then go to him? Can he do that? Uh, no. All right. Too late. All right. Well, that's fine. Just segment it after the fact. Yeah, yeah. no. I mean, it's fine. Just, I just wanted to make cetera, sure that. What time does he have to be out? What time do you have to be out? Walter? Oh, well, oh, he's on. Walter, what? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. You got ten minutes. Okay, okay we'll go. We'll go the ten minute mark. Walter Koenig, ladies and gentlemen, the book "Beaming Up and Getting Off: Life Before and Beyond Star Trek." Beaming up and getting off. Uh, Walter's 1998 uh, memoir, "Warped Factors." Uh, neurotic's Guide to the Universe. You find yourself to be neurotic, Walter? Do I? What about being neurotic? Do you find yourself to be neurotic? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought <laughs> Unequivocally. Um, you know, there's, there's certain um, crosses we bear you know, through, throughout our lives. Um, some, some may be acne. Uh, some may be a, uh, a, a penchant for uh, uh, fantasy and uh, life in space. Uh, but I, I certainly have been influenced by being a uh, quintessential neurotic the whole of my life. Yeah, me too. So we're shoulder to shoulder on that one, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. I, yeah. didn't, I, you know, I never thought of something, but this descriptor is wonderful, and I never thought of this. Originally cast as Ensign Pavel Chekhov, Star Trek's answer to the monkeys, Davy Jones. I could see that yeah. in a way, Walter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, NBC at the time, when uh, my introduction to the show, tried to promote the idea that Pravda, the Russian, the, the Soviet Union newspaper, uh, was clamoring for a Russian on, on the Enterprise and felt put out because uh, they were the first in space and had, they had, uh, were, were not so recognized. Well, that was hogwash. That was absolute nonsense created by NBC publicity department. You know, the, the Iron Curtain had fallen and they didn't even know about Star Trek at that juncture. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it was all about getting, getting the pre to turn in the show. Oh. Yeah, I, well, no, it was absolutely, and, and very quickly, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this and, you know, the rest of it, but so did the idea of being the the young, handsome guy on the show, did it, I assume, were you still single at that time? No, 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 I was married. Oh, so married. you couldn't tell if it worked or not, because you were married? No, I couldn't, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> we, we, we established that. <laughs> I think it's magnificent. It's a great idea. That's very, very smart, actually, to to cast you in that role because there was basically one of the things I think about Star Trek that works so well is the cast was so diverse as far as different, uh, well, I mean, different nationalities, different educations. It was a very well-cast show and a very well-acted show. I think that's why people loved it so much. Well, absolutely. Gene Roddenberry really was, uh, in addition to a, a, a pragmatic businessman, he was also an, uh, an idealist. And, he, and uh, this is a man who had, uh, was a pilot during uh, the Second World War and was a police, was a cop for, for a decade. 
long before he uh, got involved in Star Trek, and yet he had a very progressive political, philosophical point of view in which we could all live together and get along, and where where folks of different nationalities, creeds, religions, races, and sexes um, could find uh, harmony and achieve success together. And it's and it's a it's a target we're still trying to um, to hit, and uh, one that we we're still striving for. So. I think that that in itself is the reason why Star Trek endures the way it does, because it's we're still trying to achieve that state of affairs. Walter, I got to tell you, over the years, I've been doing, I, I do a morning show also in the in the uh, city of Minneapolis, St. Paul, and I've had every uh, every member now of the cast of Star Trek on the show, very different kinds of people actually, and a lot. What's really funny about it, Walter, is that you could tell the people who got along with William Shatner, and I've always gotten along fine with William Shatner. I don't have to spend a lot of time with him, but it's so funny the people who didn't like working with him, just their their body language when they'd be sitting across the table from you was it actually was entertaining, Walter. You know. Yeah, you found that entertaining, did you? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Walter. Here's my favorite one. James Doohan was in studio years and years ago. And he was talking about this, that, and the other thing. And I said, excuse me, James, and I, I don't mean to stir the pot here or in trouble because I don't know the answer to this, but um, did you get along with Wal- with William Shatner? And there was a pause, and he said this, Walter. He goes just like this. There's a pause. He goes, he's not a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was phenomenal. It just, it was very honest, you know. Like I said, I get along with William Shatner fine. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if you did or not, uh, except to you. And, you know, uh, so it, I, I just think the whole show, well, first of all, Walter, it was the first show, I believe, where a white man and black woman kissed. Is that not correct? Uh, well, yeah, um, almost. I, I, evidently, there was one very oh. uh, very small sequence on another TV series where that, oh, Sammy Davis Jr. kissed. Uh, a, a white woman on some variety show, and that was the, actually the, the oh. first time that occurred. But in in terms of uh, you know a passionate uh, kiss and uh, you know timing out to more than a, a second or so, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, our our uh, engagement in that moment uh, is is the first of, of any significance. Yeah, and it, it, you know it's it, it's it's. In and of itself, it, it, it's, it's not that significant. Uh, but as a uh, statement of mm-hmm. where we were uh, philosoph- philosophically, in, in terms of a of a, a world where we could all get along together, and we could all, uh, you know, uh, be, be, be friends, and where all races, creeds, religions, sexes, etc., at all. Um, could could work uh, in harmony, and that's really the uh, that's really the, um, what that kiss represents. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it was very, very important, Walter. I think a lot of things that happened on the show Star Trek were very, very important. Again, your character, not an American. We had Spock, who was not. Uh, he was a humanoid, but he wasn't an Earthling. I mean, I, bringing all these different people together and seeing that they could work together, they could enjoy a kiss, they could you know laugh. They could get angry with one another. I think it was very, very important because not a lot of TV shows were like that back in, what was that, like the mid-60s when it first started, something like that? 
Exactly. Yeah. No. That's yeah. Uh, we, yeah we, this really was the, the first, uh, the first uh, very conscious, targeted uh, philosophical uh, uh, objective uh, in the show. I mean, we did shows that had very little to do uh, with all of those things. Sure. They were simply action shows, but always the subliminal, the subliminal message was being sent when you saw the, the compliment of crew members on the bridge. It was there always, you know, that you had the Scotsman and the Japanese-American and, and the, as you say, the Vulcan and the African-American and right. and the woman, etc. So, yeah, that, that was the underlying statement and the, and, and the for, driving force of the show. And that's why, even after 50, 60 years, I still take pride in my uh, association. Usually one would... would interpret uh, still um, being identified with a show like that as wallowing in the past, um, uh, you know, living off of past successes. And all of that is true as well. But it's nice if you're going to have to be identified with something, um, and it's something that you can feel proud of and feel uh, that um, was worthwhile and made a statement uh, that uh, was positive and significant. And... Um, and uh, it's one we're still trying to achieve. And um, in my humble opinion, we are, we are uh, still in the process of taking one step forward and one step backward yeah. um, uh, in, uh, in, in, in culture and civilization mm-hmm. and uh, how we deal with, how we deal with our, our, ourselves and, with, um, and our allies uh, and the nations abroad. We're still, we're still trying to get there. Walter, I was asked a question many, many years ago during a TV interview. They said, is there one thing in life you wouldn't want to experience? And without pausing, I said, yes, I would not want to beam down from the Enterprise without my name being in the credits. Because if your name wasn't in the credits and you beamed down, you had no chance of living through it. (laughs) That's just I see that's the most salient answer I've ever heard. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. You Walter, you're a terrific guest. I'd love you to come back and, and talk more about your book, Beaming Up and Getting Off, Life Before and Beyond Star Trek. Returns Walter's 1998 memoir, Warped Factors, A Neurotic's Guide to the Universe to Print After Too Long an Absence. Yeah, don't, don't make it a long absence before you come back to the show, Walter. I'd love to talk to you again. Thank you, sir. That would be great. Thank you very much. Good day, sir. Walter Koenig, ladies and gentlemen, of course, played Chekhov on Star Trek. That that show did change a ton of stuff. We'll take a break and come back for about a five-minute segment and talk about the first time you saw Star Trek or whatever. We'll be right back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Ladies and gentlemen, every time I look in the mirror, I something, something, something. Da, 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 da. Uh, all I know is it's Greek to me is back open. I already ripped Kostaki on the air because we brought up a Greek restaurant. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> oh, you, you pre-ripped me before I got on. That's Absolutely. Nice. No, it was on the morning show this morning. It wasn't this show. Yeah, so pre, oh, okay. pre-ripped. Oh, it's like a little tailgating. Yeah. I just told them, because well, they reopened It's Greek to Me, which is a great Greek restaurant in, on Lake Street in Minneapolis. It, oh, it's, it was sold, and then the people who bought it after several years closed it. So the original family came back and opened it again. Did they really? Wow. And Gustaki, next time you're in town, the Avgo Lemono at It's Greek to Me oh. will be a treat. I introduced my wife to Avgo Lemono on our first date. Oh. Our, first, our blind date. I've only had one blind date and one marriage. So wow. I have a very good percentage with blind, blind dates. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Catherine and I did too, except for it was put this way. You're going out with him? What are you, blind? Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> Oh, you know, she's not down there arguing the point. No, I didn't. She just accepts it. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that compliment. Thank you very much. That's how you know you're old, by the way, when on your first date you take a woman for soup. Yeah, well, that's a good point. So very good. Let's go have some soup. Yeah, that's really nice, Kostaki. Uh, You won't even have to put your teeth in. Is that that thick? Thick lemony rice soup. Yep, that's right. it is. Yep, that's egg right. egg and lemon with the ri- and rice. Right, right. Mm. Avgo is uh, Greek for egg. Avgo lemno. Usually it's good God, chicken, it's so but good. not necessarily. So mm. good. Hey, good segue to the subject today: philosophies. How about that? What do Greeks have to do with philosophy? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, that's, them's fighting I words. Will them, I, I will tell you. I will tell you. <laughs> I'm glad glad you asked, Tom. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, sir. Well, after two weeks of doing uh, animal penis jokes, apparently. (laughs) Yes, you did. uh, I thought it might be good to bring it up a notch. And uh, don't worry, (laughs) there's there's a couple of base jokes in here. But it's a little smarter uh, smarter segment than what I've been doing. Um, Plato, of course, gave us the concept of forms which are everlasting. The table, a table will come and go, but the form or the concept of a table will last forever. Uh, he's also, of course, famous for the uh, Play-Doh Fun Factory. <laughs> Absolutely. Play-Doh, P-L-A-Y-D-O-H. Yes. If you have to explain the joke. Then... No, I was just spelling it to show that I could still Sorry. do it. Is it D-O-H? Is it spelled by Homer Simpson? Yes. No. Right? no. Play-Doh. <laughs> uh, Play-Doh lived from 424 to 348. And he must have wondered, what are we counting down? <laughs> yeah, what are, why are they counting down? What are we doing? <laughs> That's why the Greeks are so curious about the world. Like, what's going to happen at zero? Uh, Epicureans, 
Epicureans had little interest in logic, and I thought, oh, they're like fundamentalists. Um, <laughs> they're interested in senses, the Epicureans, especially interested in avoiding pain, heavy emphasis on static pleasures like calm. So they're like hedonist light, right? Things, yeah. They're like, yeah, we want things to be good. Hedonists are hardcore. The pleasure is the most important pursuit. Uh, pleasure alone makes life worth living. And I thought, pleasure alone? Now that I understand. Uh, uh, here we go. <laughs> whack, whack jokes. <laughs> Every action should aim to maximize pleasure, according to the hedonists. See, that's way better than Catholicism, right? You're going to pick something. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, relativism. That's when you believe whatever your grandpa says. Right. No. <laughs> I like it. Uh, my own theory of relativity, if T is the time you spend with your crazy relatives, 3T is what it feels like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Buddhism. Uh, I think marshmallows have a Buddhist quality. If you leave a whole bunch of them in a bag for a long time, they become one again. Yes, they do. <laughs> they, certainly do. they certainly do. <laughs> uh, agnosticism, basically atheism with no balls. Right? That's fair. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Anarchism, right? You want no government. You see these skate rat kids wearing their anarchy t shirts. Well, I can tell you this with no government or social order, no one's going to build you a skate park. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, I'd love that with no no government whatsoever. That means I don't have to pay for you sitting around in your ass because you don't want to work. That's right. Works for me. Yeah. Build your own skate park. Yeah. (laughs) Build your own skate park, you lazy bastard. Anarchists are against coercion and authority. Like, what are you afraid of? Someone's going to run over and pull your pants up? (laughs) (laughs) Well. Society should be held together by group cooperation. That's what the anarchists think. Group group cooperation? We can't even convince people to do nothing for a while. (laughs) True. (laughs) I'm over it. That's for sure. Uh, nihilism. All right. Uh, nihilists, uh, human existence is without objective meaning, purpose, or value. Oh, that's fun. That's a fun point of view. Yeah. Uh, the knowledge is impossible to nihilists. And I felt that way, you know, when I was trying to put an external mic, uh, to work with Zoom. It's not possible. Um... Marxism. For Marxists, class struggle is what drives historical change. And there's some nice ideas in there. From each according to his means, to each according to his needs. But I think you have to reward people for good ideas and hard work. And I think life should be fun. So I'm more of a Groucho Marxist. <laughs> Groucho Marxist, absolutely. Yeah. I just want to write a good joke about Cuba. Sure. <laughs> we can't buy Cuban cigars because they're communists. The ashtray was made in China. How do we... Perfect. Uh, uh, the Marx Brothers, I did a little research on this. They all grew up with the real last name Marx, but they changed their first names for show business. Groucho was Julius. Chico was Leonard. Gummo was Milton. Zeppo was Herbert. Harpo's real name was Adolf. Adolf Marx. Oh, that, both, that would be tough on the playground today. Yeah, right? sure yeah, would. Both sides covered. Yeah, yeah nice Jewish boy named Adolf. <laughs> Great. <laughs> The weird thing, he had three middle names, Stalin, Hussein, and Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, Kevin liked that joke. (laughs) That's a tough draw. (laughs) (laughs) And just for fun, this isn't even really part of the segment, but I I stumbled onto some of my favorite Groucho lines. Oh, I love them. Love them. These guys did movies in the 30s and 40s, and then... 
Groucho hosted that famous show in the 40s and then the 50s. Uh, you Bet Your Life. Remember yeah, the quiz it. show? Love it. it uh, he had a great line on there. Uh, one of the contestants on the show had 19 kids. And yep. he asked her, Why so many? And she goes, I love my husband. He says, I love a good cigar, but I take it out once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. In the 50s. I, know. I can't believe you could say that on TV in the 50s. Well, he's talking about taking a cigar out of his mouth. That's yeah. all he's yeah, talking right. about. That's, totally it. that's it. Nothing right. else. Right. It didn't mean anything else. Like the, the the 70s version of that was Carson when he I forget who it was he had a famous actress on the show and she had a she had a cat in her lap it was Zsa Zsa Gabor and it was, was told it by Zsa Zsa Gabor? Jane Fonda oh, yeah. Jane Fonda tells the story on the Tonight Show yep <laughs> she says you want to pet my pussy he goes yeah you get that cat out of the way <laughs> <laughs> and canceled immediately canceled <laughs> yeah. immediately oh man I don't even let you finish the show. Social media would blow up. Johnny Carson was a genius. There's no doubt about it. Here's another couple of great lines from Groucho. Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Women should be obscene and not heard. <laughs> oh, Catherine didn't laugh at that one. Yeah, that's right. That's fair. Again, it's the 50s. It's a different world. Uh, one morning I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> that guy was a crazy genius. If you watch clips from that show, oh, oh my God. goodness. Remember the I great mean, line he delivered to Margaret Dumont, that very large woman that was in all of his movies? Oh, I don't know. What was that? <laughs> so he plays a doctor and he's walking through this reception line and he runs into Margaret Dumont. And she said, he said, how are you doing today? And she goes, I've got a bit of a headache. And he pulls out this gigantic capsule. He goes, here, take this. And she says, it's a rather large pill. He goes, yeah, well, you're a rather large pill yourself. (laughs) 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 The great calls her a large pill. I want to go back and watch some of those, at least some clips of some of the old movies. That's what oh, we're wh- doing. It, what's, what's it called? We just, we yeah. just the uh, music added, box and no, the, we, oh. add, we added the streaming channel. On Roku, TV comedy, classic. T- comedy classics. Comedy, comedy classics. Yeah. It's got all kinds of really oh, old is it stuff. Good. Oh, yeah, it's got Harold Lloyd, it's got uh, Which Three I Stooges. What's Harold Lloyd? Harold Lloyd no. is like silent era. Physical comedy. Oh, yeah. for the God. He would oh. climb skyscrapers, literally. Oh, yeah, his, his does most... it hold up, or does it feel like it's from another universe? Laurel and Hardy are still as funny today as they were 90 years ago. up, yeah. Totally. Right. Oh, my God, Laurel and Hardy are funny. As a matter of fact, you can see, after watching, uh, what, what movie was it with the piano, the famous? The music, music box. box. The music yeah. box. You can see how a lot of people stole their stuff throughout, yeah. like, oh, decades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Decades oh, yeah. of yep. borrowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> borrowing from Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> from Laurel and Hardy, definitely. Right, right. Well, it, 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 I feel, again, I might be speaking out of turn, but I feel like in that era, in the... They, they sort of came from vaudeville mm-hmm. originally, and mm-hmm. those guys, borrowing was something they did a lot from each yes. other. Yeah, they did, yep. So they did. It's, it's like the ethic of being original is something that I feel like emerged strongly in the 80s in the comedy universe. Yeah, well, think about it. You could uh, rip somebody off in California, do it on the East Coast for 15 and years no before anybody knew about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's, right. that's yeah. very, very true. 
that's right. Andy <laughs> made a great call during Way Out West that so we're watching Way Out West. There's a scene where where Hardy Oliver Hardy's trying to get to the second floor, so they tie a rope around his waist and throw it over a pulley, and then Stanley ties it to the saddle horn of a donkey he's riding, and Andy says. If if Laurel gets off of that donkey, watch what happens. And he didn't know this. So that donkey's going up, isn't that it? That donkey's going up. He gets off, and the donkey goes straight because Hardy outweighed the donkey. Yep. <laughs> and they used to make so many jokes about how fat he was, and we're looking at him, and it's like, by today's standards, he not fat. fat. No, in, yeah, in, uh, in the 30s, he probably, I mean, gigantic. 250, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just mid-size at the front. Right, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't even get to the state fair with that no. weight. Yeah. <laughs> You got to put on another fifty, or you can't come in. Well, I mean, you could go to the state fair and come out Money. that way. Oh, yeah, come out at three hundred. Go in at two fifty, come out at five hundred. That's yeah, true. A couple of buckets of donuts. Yeah, he's, yeah. Real. he's the skittiest guy at Sparrow. You know? <laughs> That's very true. We're so negative. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun in this crazy world. We're having great. more fun than you are by having you on your pill. Uh, you big pill. You big pill. <laughs> You're a rather large pill, pill yourself. <laughs> Kostaki, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks See a lot. See you. Bye. That's going to do it. Talk to you tomorrow with the family.